How's everybody doing? Great. Um, basically, Zach asked me to give um, testimony or an echo of redemption uh, about my time in a uh, club I joined at ASU called InterVarsity Christian Fellowship. Um, so yeah, this is just how that went. Um, so I was living in school, or I was living in Phoenix last semester for school. Um, I'm at the ASU downtown campus in Phoenix, and um, I just got out of a relationship, and I was like, dude, I literally have like no friends right now, because I just moved to Phoenix, and all my friends were Mesa and stuff, so I was like, I need to find community, you know? Um, so after thinking about this, I was like, you know, I really want to find community and like search for somewhere where I could like grow with God and like grow with people in like the same way, you know? Um, and at the time, I wasn't really aware about like how many campus ministries there were at ASU and stuff. Um, so I don't even know like how many places I could have gotten involved, but uh, that being said, I got like as I was like going through, it was like searching for community. I got like an Instagram DM from a campus minister at ASU called InterVarsity. Uh, they basically DM me. They're asking if I want to get connected and stuff. And they're like, hey, you want to come to like a game night? And I was like sitting there and I was like, I don't know. Do I want to come to a game night? <laughs> um, but I thought about it and I was like, you know, they're like a Christian organization and stuff. It's kind of like what I'm looking for. So maybe I should go get involved. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll come. Um, so the game night was in Tempe. It's at Salvation Armory Worship Center. It's where we do most of our meetings and stuff. And um, I remember driving there, and I was, like, questioning if I, like, really wanted to go. I was, like, dude, I don't usually get, like, social anxiety, but when I go to a place where, like, no, like, absolutely nobody, like, a social function, I get, like, bad social anxiety. So I'm driving there. I'm, like, dude, I could, like, turn around right now <laughs> and not have to go. Uh, but I was, like, nah, I'm just going to full send it. Just walk in, you know. Um, so it was really good. I walked in. I got greeted by Hannah, who's one of the ASU InterVarsity staff. Um, she was very nice and friendly and just kind of welcomed me and ended up introducing me to a guy named Andrew I'm pretty good friends with now. Um, we kind of played Exploding Kittens, we played Chameleon and stuff, and I got to know a bunch of people in there, and like, everybody was like super excited to talk to me, uh, and to get to know me and stuff, so that was just super great, because like, I feel like you go to a lot of places sometimes, and people just kind of like, don't like, put effort in like, talking to you, and like, get to know you and stuff, but it felt like everybody like, wanted to actually get to know me and stuff, um, so that was really cool. And before I left, I got to talk to Micah, who is one of the other ASU University staff, Hannah and Micah are also married, by the way, just for context, and um, <clears throat> before I left, he asked me if I was, like, interested in joining a Bible study with them, um, so they were having a Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night Bible study, and I ended up being able to join the Tuesday night Bible study um, with Micah, which he was leading, um, so that was really cool, I was in one of the ASU dorms, um, and I remember going to that the first time, there was, like, a bunch of people there, and we just, like, went through, we were going through Ephesians and stuff, so... Um, we were just going through like one of the first parts of Ephesians. I think it was like the first half of the first chapter together. It's kind of like digging through the text and stuff and using commentary to like kind of figure out what it's saying and stuff. And it was really good. And at the end of that, Mike asked me if I wanted to get lunch with them. So um, I think it was like the next week we ended up getting lunch together and stuff. And it was really cool because like he was like really just interested in like getting to know me and like get to know my story and stuff. And just like asked about like what God's like doing in my life. And then it's like how I'm just doing it in general and stuff. And like. Like, it's not often, like, somebody invites you to get lunch, just, like, actually, like, get to know you and, like, just, like, wants to, like, invest in you and stuff. So, that was, like, really cool. Um, so, I remember at the end of that, he asked me if I wanted to do outreach with him at the dorm we were doing a Bible study in. And I was, like, I don't really know what that is, but, like, sure, <laughs> I guess. And uh, <clears throat> he basically told me outreach. We were just going to be, like, going around the dorms and, like, with trash bags, asking, like, take out trash for people and just inviting them to Bible study and stuff. So, I was, like, yeah, that sounds cool. I'll do that. Um, so I remember when I got there, it was extremely nerve-wracking, because, like, I've never done anything like that. Like, just taking out people's trashes and knocking on the doors, like, hey, can I take out your trash? That's kind of weird, you know? <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it was really good. I saw, like, Micah did, like, a fir the first few rooms and stuff, and I got to, like, see how he did that and stuff. So 
I started doing it, and like after the first two like rooms, it got like really easy. I'm like, oh, this is easy, you know. Like I'm just like asking people to take out their trash and like get to know them a little bit, and like invite them to Bible study. It's not that bad. It's actually really interesting seeing people's like reactions when you ask to take out their trash. Some people be like, dude, yeah, you can take out my trash. I don't have to do that. And like other people are like, dude, why are you asking to take out my trash? Like what? What's wrong with you? <laughs> so that's really interesting. Um, so yeah, we'd ask to take out their trash and stuff, and just ask questions to get to know them, and it's like, hey, we're actually in a Bible study here um, on the fifth floor at 7 p.m. Is that something you guys are interested in and stuff? And if so, we'd get their numbers and kind of connect with them that way. Um, unfortunately, most of the time we weren't successful, but that's okay because the purpose really isn't to be successful, but more to be like obedient to God in that. Um, so that's like the most important part. And kind of looking, looking at that practice now, I kind of see outreach in like a different light, which is cool for me because at the moment I was just like taking out people's trashes and buying a Bible study, but I feel like it was, like, a really great opportunity to, like, serve the community and, like, practice humility in that because, like, I feel like it takes humility to, like, ask somebody to take out their trash and stuff. So that was really cool. Um, and you, like, even see Jesus come down to earth and, like, practice humility while serving others and stuff. Um, like, King Jesus literally serving other people. Like, that's exactly how we should live and stuff. And uh, Philippians 2.7, Paul talks about the nature of Jesus, and he says, uh, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Um, and even in the book of Matthew, Jesus states that even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And those verses are just so significant to me, because, like, thinking about that, like, I don't often do things like the mind, like servant of a, mindset of a servant, you know? Like, I'm usually, like, more worried about myself, like, how can I, like, do something for myself today, or, like, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it's, like, really encouraging to, like, see Jesus come down, like, be a servant, like, practice that, and know, like, hey, like, that's how Jesus is living, that's how, like, I should be living, too. So that honestly makes me excited to do like outreach even more this semester. So I'm really excited about that. Um, so that was like one of the first cool things I got to do in InterVarsity. Um, so Friday nights, we also just host stuff on Friday nights for people to come and hang out together as a community. Um, since we were divided in like Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night Bible studies and stuff. Um, the first few weeks when I joined, I don't think anybody actually knew my name. Somebody said I looked like Rick Astley, so I was just Rick Astley for the first few weeks. <laughs> it was great. It was funny. Um, but... Yeah, Friday nights were great because, like, the Tuesday, Bible, the Tuesday night Bible study was, like, a little bit small, so I didn't get to know, like, a ton of people, but Friday night was a place where we could all, like, come together as a community, just, like, hang out and get to know each other, encourage each other, and just, like, love each other and stuff, so that was really great, just to grow together in our faith together, and we'd do events like game nights, uh, we did, like, volleyball nights, we did, like, a sleepover one night, or, like, a testimony night one time, and we did, like, a prayer night where we'd, like, do worship, and, like, we'd have a, a message from Micah, Hannah, or Vic, and... So like they had a worship team, and Mike could find out I played the drums. So we were super excited to hear that because that was like the only instrument they didn't have for the worship team. So I ended up being able to serve on the worship team, which was like a really great opportunity for me to like just serve, like serve a mindset and just like worship God and honestly get to know people on the worship team and stuff. And when I first joined the worship team, it was really great. And like people were excited to like have a drummer and stuff. And people come up to me and like tell me like, oh, dude, that one thing you did in that one song was like so awesome. And I'm like, great. And like it was really encouraging. But like after hearing people like come to me and tell me this, I kind of felt like, I was taking away from, like, the worship and, like, the glory to God by having people focus on me, like, doing, like, cool stuff on the drums, you know? And I can, like, definitely attest to this because, like, when I've been in worship services, like, somebody, like, would be, like, a cool guy on the drums we'll be doing all these cool fills and stuff. I'm like, dude, that guy's sick. And I'm just, like, focusing on him and stuff, like, not, like, like glorifying God and, like, worshiping God. Um, so that was, like, a big thing for me to realize because I've been playing drums for worship since, like, eighth grade. And literally the whole time throughout, my main focus is, like, playing good like impressing people, like doing cool stuff on the drums, which is like not what the focus should be of worship. Um, so it kind of made me realize that I've been like idolizing myself in that and idolizing my performance over just like getting up there and like worshiping God and like actually glorifying God with the talents that he's like gifted me with. Um, it's kind of funny because like after I realized this, it kind of changed the way I played drums. Like 
not like that much, but I just don't do anything like crazy. It's like I would and stuff. And like sometimes people come up to me and be like, man, I feel like you weren't like going as hard as you used to, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> but it's like, it kind of seems like a negative comment, but it's like really great because then I get to be like, actually, man, like worship isn't about like how well people are playing their instruments and stuff, but it's like a way you can like come together and just like really glorify God like with our instruments. It's not like about how well we play, it's just about like giving it all to God, you know? Um, and then Psalm 150, I love this psalm. It's just like about praising God with like instruments. It's like, Praise him with the sounding of a trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Praise him with tremble and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with, praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And I just love that song because it's like praising God with the instruments like he's given us and like the gifts he's given us. And like nowhere in there does it talk about like playing good or something and like being the best or something. Um, so like ever since I realized that, like I've been like viewing worship in like such a different light where like, it glorifies God instead of myself. Um, so that's been really cool because like, I can feel like a difference when I'm like playing drums and like leading people in worship. Like there's like a difference between when I'm playing for myself versus like when I'm playing for God and stuff. And like, I can really like feel that like inside of me, like my connection to God and stuff. So um, yeah, I didn't end up with the talent side. I did to glorify myself, but with God. So that's been like a huge thing that's impacted my view on like worship and stuff. Um, so that was really awesome for me to realize and just have that change of mindset and stuff. Um, Another thing that InterVarsity does is during spring break, we hold a Bible study camp at Catalina Island, which is so cool. So it's called Mark Camp because we study the book of Mark during that. And the first year you go, you study the first half of Mark. The second year is like the second half. And the third year, they do like a, like a prayer ministry type thing. And the fourth year is like an Old Testament like survey or something. Um, but this is like such an awesome trip because like you're at camp with like all your friends from your ASU University chapter. And then there's also schools from like Utah and like Colorado that are there with you. So you get to like see like people from like other university campuses like all around the country and stuff. Um, so that was really cool just like be like with your friends and like see all these other people just like praising Jesus together all in like one big group. It was like so awesome. Um, and we like broke up into small groups, um, small groups and stuff. And I was in Micah's group and I remember we were sitting in our small group, uh, small group, learn oh my gosh, I can't talk. Our small group room and Micah was like telling us we want to be curious learners seeking transformation. Uh, he wanted to get us curious about the text we were reading so we could and to ask questions so we could like fully understand and grasp the text. And he, we were supposed to be seeking transformation because God has never done working in our lives and there's always room for transformation uh, from Jesus. And I remember sitting there thinking to myself, it's kind of embarrassing at this point. But I was like, I don't know, I already feel like I know a lot about the Bible and stuff, but I guess I can be like a curious learner, I like learning and stuff, you know, but I'm not sure about transformation. I already feel like I'm in like a pretty good spot, you know, like how do I seek transformation if I don't even feel like I need it? Like I don't know what specifically needs to change and stuff. So I look back at that and I kind of laugh now. It's really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're going through Bible study and stuff and Michael would like have the text printed out for us and we would like spend 10 to 15 minutes observing the text. Uh, it's like interesting stuff, confusing stuff, uh, stuff we have questions on. So we take a time to ask questions about the passage come together and answer those questions and stuff. Um, and then Michael would kind of ask us like an application-based question about the text, like how, do, how are we supposed to respond to this text, something specific about the text and stuff. So we actually spent 40 hours studying the book of Mark in five days. And that was like, that was so awesome. Like that sounds like a ton of work and it was, but like it was so worth it because when you're through all your friends and stuff and you're all in it together and stuff and like just doing it together and supporting each other and encouraging each other, it's like really awesome and just fulfilling. Um, I think one of the ways I was transformed was just realizing as we're going through the book of Mark that I actually do not know everything. And I had a lot more questions than I thought I was going to have. And I just realized how much I actually, how little I knew about the Bible and stuff. And um, 
yeah, that was a big way I was transformed. And then another huge way I was transformed on this trip was I kind of realized I've been like putting so much time and like trying to be like a perfect follower of Christ instead of being like a relational follower of Christ and pursuing a relationship with God. Um, up until this time, for the while, I've been focusing so much on like sin patterns in my life that I totally been missing out like my relationship with God and stuff. And I remember after reading a passage um, in Mark, it was talking about how Jesus was calling sinners and tax collectors to be his disciples, and that just really like just spoke to me and like stuck out to me because I was like. Jesus isn't calling, like, the Pharisees who, like, know all this stuff and have all this knowledge and, like, think they're, like, all this and stuff. He's, like, just calling random, ordinary people who are just, like, sinners and stuff. Like, nobody's special or anything. And in the passage, it says, The Pharisees then said, Why does he eat with the tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners. And I just love that little snippet of that verse because, like, Jesus is literally just, like, sitting with these people, just having dinner with them, like, getting to know them, like, just, like, building a relationship with them. Like, that's really what we should be doing, what our hope should be. He's not, like, like, yes, Jesus, like, cares about your sins, like, the sins you're struggling with, but, like, he really just wants you to be, like, in relationship with them. And he's not there to, like, condemn them for their sins or anything and make them feel bad. He's really just, like, there to, like, get to know those people, just, like, love them and just, like, have, like, community with them and stuff. Um, yeah, and to be honest with you, my attitude before the trip was, like, I kind of want, like, a Pharisee, to be honest with you. Like, just trying to be, like, a perfect follower, like, whatever that means, and, like, I didn't even think I needed to be transformed, because, like, I thought I was, like, so good and stuff, like, I think if a Pharisee was sitting in that room, and Micah said, curious learner seeking transformation, you would have had the same thought that I had, like, I don't need to learn anything, I already know everything, and, like, how do I need to be transformed, like, I'm already good where I'm at, um, so it's, like, a huge way that, like, God just, like, spoke to me at that trip, it's just, like, pursuing, like, a relationship with him is, like, the most important thing, um, not just trying to, like, get rid of every sin in my life, just to be, like, a perfect follower of Jesus, and, um, I remember talking to Micah about this. I was like, yeah, I feel like God's calling me like a more personal relationship, you know, and he was asking me like how I was going to go about that. And I was like, oh, you know, just like read my Bible more and pray more and stuff. And he's like, Zach, I think you have a God box, dude. And I was like, I have no idea what that means, bro. And he's like, <clears throat> a God box, like you're boxing God into like certain parts of your life with just like your prayer and your Bible reading and like worshiping stuff. But like re- in reality, God should be in like all aspects of your life. And he kind of was like kind of telling me like, He's like, ask me, what do you like to do? Like, go to the gym, golf, watch anime, like, whatever I'm doing. Like, God should be, like, included in that, not just, like, when you're, like, praying or, like, reading your Bible and stuff. Like, yes, those things are great, and you should be, like, um, in, like, a routine of doing those things, but, like, God should be included in, like, all areas of your life. Like, when I'm at the gym, I should be doing that with God. Like, reading the book, I should be doing that with God. Like, cooking, like, anything I'm doing should be with God. Like, not just, like, church-related things and stuff. So that was, like, a big thing for me when he, like, told me that. I was like, dude. I even know how that, like, never dawned on me, like, my entire time. I've been, like, following Jesus. Um, so that's been crazy, and that's, like, shaped me a ton as, like, a follower of Jesus, just that whole trip, and, like, just pursuing, like, a more personal relationship with Jesus and stuff. Um, <clears throat> another event we did that I just totally loved was we did a prayer night, and the goal of the prayer night was for InterVarsity to spend 24 hours in prayer with God. Um, so we started doing, like, an hour of prayer activities together and stuff, and I think one of the ones we did was, like, Lectio Divina, which I absolutely love. Um, I feel like something always sticks out to me in Lectio Divina and stuff, so I just love doing that. Um, so we started off praying an hour all together and stuff, and then people would, like, take hour-long shifts and stuff for 24 hours. Like, we do 11 to 12, 12 to 1, 1 to 2, 2 to 3, and so on. Um, I ended up with, like, the 4 a.m. shift to 5 a.m. shift, which was great. I actually wanted a 3 a.m. shift, 3 a.m. shift, but I didn't get it. But anyways, um, walking in, there's some, like, quiet worship music playing in the background. They had like a bunch of different types of prayers like printed out and stuff so we could like pick what's one we to do, like a new way of prayer or something like that. Um, 
I remember I grabbed a sheet explaining what's called like the centering prayer. I thought that looked kind of interesting. Um, so the basis of the centering prayer is that God's spirit is present with us and in us, and at the very core of our being is God's presence. We don't need to invite God to be present with us so much as to cover, discover God's presence within us, opening our hearts and minds to the very reality that God's indwelling with us. Um, it's kind of based off Psalm 46:10, which says, Be still and know that I am God. Um, and the point of this prayer is to quite literally just sit still in silence and knowing that God is like dwelling within us. Um, the paper said that centering prayer familiarizes us with God's first language, which is silence. Our desire is to be connected with, God, with the indwelling presence of God at the center of our being. But this is not something we accomplish by our thoughts or efforts. It comes through letting go of our thoughts and effort and letting God open our hearts and minds to the presence of God at the core of our being. And then how do you like, uh, have like a sacred word if your like, thoughts are like, going crazy? It's just like, to bring you back and like, focus on like, just like, being with God in that uh, moment. And I remember I did that for like 20, 30 minutes or so. And like the prayer said, I felt like so like, centered after. It was like, so great. Um, and I just really like, felt like, really in tune with God. And like, I was in such a great spot. And like, it was just great. I loved it. Um, and some context, so like prior, prior to the prayer event, um, I've been dealing with like some anxiety because of the way like some certain events have like turned out and how it's treated throughout the process and stuff, and just how I let myself be treated in a situation. And eventually, this anxiety kind of turned into anger, and anger in the way I was treated, and kind of anger uh, in the way that had been affecting me, and that was really bothering me. And I kind of feel like eventually the anger was kind of like manifesting inside of me, and like kind of like turning into hate. And like I just like I didn't like that, and I didn't really know what to do about it and stuff. And I remember this came evident to me. We were doing our Ephesians studies um, on Tuesday nights, and the verse that really stuck out to me that week was Ephesians 4, 26 through 27. Um, it says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger, and give no opportunity to the devil. Um, and I think what Paul is saying here is, like, it's okay to be angry, and there's certainly things that we have a right to be angry about and stuff, but, like, um, I think when that anger becomes, like, an issue is when, like, it becomes, like, hateful. It's, like, towards a specific person and stuff. Um, I think anger is fine because, like, even Jesus in the temple, when it turned into a marketplace, he was angry and he started flipping tables. But it was, like, more of a righteous anger instead of, like, when you become, like, angry at a person, it turns into hate and it's not, like, a righteous anger anymore. Um, and First John 3.15 actually says that anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. And that made it so clear to me that, like, the hate I was feeling in my heart was, like, not of God's nature and stuff. And, like, I really need to, like, do something about that. Um, Eventually, I had to come to the realization that, like, I know that Christ died for me so like, I could be forgiven, but also Jesus died for every other person in this world so that they for, could be forgiven. Um, therefore, I must, like, exemplify the nature of Christ and practice forgiveness, like all those people as well, just not myself, or not just myself. Um, so after realizing my faults um, and my anger towards this person and feeling like these emotions manifesting in me and just, like, really unhealthy feeling, I decided to go to God about it at the prayer night, and... After my sitting prayer, I felt like all swagged out and stuff and super in tune with God and like I was just like ready to go. And so I went to a room where I was just all alone. And I remember I was just like laying down, just looking at the ceiling, just praying to God and just like let him know like how I felt about that situation and stuff. And I was just like tired of that like feeling just kind of like burdening me and just like weighing me down and stuff. And I was just like so ready to be done with it and stuff. And I just poured out to God and like gave everything to him about how I was feeling and stuff. And I remember I just prayed specifically for like God to like take those emotions away from me. And guess what he did? He took those emotions away from me. Um, and that was just such a cool moment for me. Like, I'm sitting here, like, pouring out to God, being like, God, I don't want to have these emotions anymore. Like, it's really weighing me down. Like, I know this isn't of your nature, and, like, I just want to be done with these. And, like, I asked God to, like, take them away. And, like, for him to, like, do that just like that, it's, like, it's so cool. And that's honestly, like, one of the coolest things that's, like, ever happened, my experiences with God. And, like, I just remember feeling, like, so joyful and, like, happy in that moment. Like, after that, like, wow, God just really worked in my life like that, just like that, like, that was just so cool to me, and, like, 
I felt so light and happy and was just like bouncing around after that. And it was just like, it was just a great day. Um, so that really made the prayer night like a big thing for me in my time with InterVarsity. And I just say also like the prayer night would have been great regardless of whether God did that or not. Um, Cause I would have just sitting in, been sitting in God's presence, which is like what we should be doing and stuff. But like really just made it like so much more significant and just like so awesome for me. Um, so that was really awesome. Some way like God was just working my life in such a big way. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is my Bosnia missions trip. Um, so ever since like November, December, I would say, I've been feeling like some kind of calling into ministry. I think sometime in February, I kind of discerned that it might be missions. I kind of felt called to like do something on the missions field. I felt like, um, and it turned out InterVarsity was going on a mission trip to Bosnia. I had no clue where Bosnia was before this trip. And I was like, I don't care, I just want to go, <laughs> you know, so it was great. Um, it turned out the deadline to sign up was actually months before I wanted to sign up, though. So I was like, dude, Mike, I was like, is there any way I could, like, get on that trip, you know? And he's like, dude, actually, me and Hannah, like, really want you to go on this trip. It's like, I can make a call to Mac, and, like, we can see if I'll, like, let you, like, get on. So we made a call to Mac. Next thing I know, I'm signed up to go to Bosnia. So that was really cool. Um, seeing God kind of work that out um, and stuff, so... Our goal on the trip was to kind of get people involved in the Protestant church of Bani Luka. Uh, there was like a lot of Orthodox Christians and Orthodox believers in the city, but they're very nominal. Nominal, and what I mean by that is like they kind of said they were Christians and stuff, but like they didn't really like live their life like they were Christian, like didn't like follow Jesus through life or anything. Um, and like religion was like very like ethnic uh, rooted out there, so like it was more a part of like their identity and like how they view themselves rather than like their beliefs and like how they live their lives and stuff. Um, like they would say like well my friends are orthodox my parents are orthodox my ancestors are orthodox therefore i'm just orthodox and that's just how it is it wasn't really like based on like what you believe or anything um so it was really interesting and it was kind of like a big barrier when we went out there and stuff just got people to like see that it's like a belief and not just like your ethnic identity and stuff um so our goal is to connect people to the protestant church out there so we did things like game nights karaoke nights uh trivia nights like a country two-step dance night like a dance party one night with some guy like performing music. It was really cool. Um, and it was such a great learning experience for me and it went absolutely nothing like I planned it in my head before I left. Um, and before I left, I envisioned myself going out there and I was like, I'm gonna go out there, I'm gonna convert like 100 people, you know? I'm gonna like do the most and like stand out from everybody else. And God like definitely showed me that was not in his plan for me to do that, which is probably a good thing. Um, so I went out there and actually like really struggled to connect with people at first which is like really weird for me because like usually that's just not an issue for me. Like I can typically find like at least like one common interest is like somebody and connect to them that way. And it wasn't like a cultural barrier or anything because they all spoke English really well. Um, so it was a little odd. And normally this wouldn't like discourage me too much, but I was in a group of like 35 people out there. And like every day we'd like go back to our hostel and people would talk about like what God was doing and like the experiences they had and like the conversations they had with people and stuff. And I'm just sitting there like, dang, I haven't had like any of this and stuff. Like I was expecting myself to come out here and like do so much now all these people are like just doing all this stuff and like it just didn't like make sense to me like maybe like really discouraged and stuff um yeah so I remember feeling guys like I just need to do more and stuff and then another thing what happened that happened that kind of sucked was like I was like sick the whole time out there which kind of inhibited me from like connecting with people even more and stuff um so that was really hard uh, but basically the more I thought about it and stuff um I started to see that people who I would typically view myself as like better than 
um, were like doing more than me, like the scheme of like evangelism and connecting with people. But in reality, God was just like choosing to use those people more instead of me and stuff. And I really think that's because my I would think that's because my pridefulness, and I really felt like God was like humbling me um, in that. And God kind of showed me that I'm not any more special than anyone on my team, and God's going to use anyone just as much as He's going to use me for His works. Um, that was a huge wake-up call for me, and it really kind of softened my heart to understand my role of being a part of the team and not trying to be, like, the most successful or anything. And um, It's, like, a common theme. I feel like I already talked about this. God desires us to be faithful and obedient to him, not be successful, you know? Um, so, yeah, every day I'm just kind of, like, humbling myself, being like, hey, like, God doesn't want you to be successful. He just wants you to, like, be obedient to him and, like, do what he says, you know? Um, so that was, like, a huge, like, wake-up call for me out there. It was like, hey, you're not here to, like, put up numbers. You're here to, like, just do what God's called you to do. Um, another big thing I realized on this uh, trip was like just vulnerability issues that I needed to work through. Uh, it's just something I kind of struggled with most of my life, just communicating how I feel about things. So like God definitely provided many opportunities for me to grow in this area, like just providing random circumstances that exposed like some insecurity of mine and me having to like initiate like a hard conversation with somebody about how I felt about that. Um, I remember that kind of happened uh, with somebody. They like totally just said something that like just like really felt like it hit like a huge insecurity of mine and I was like dang and like usually I'm just like now nah, I'm just gonna move past it just ignore it and just move on just forget about it you know it's like not a big deal whatever but I was like sitting in my bed and I was like praying that night and I was like god like what do you want me to do I feel like you'd like want me to like talk to this person about it but I don't know if I can do that you know like it's just, that's just scary to me like open up to somebody about like how I've kind of like hurt you and stuff and expect them like react in like a healthy manner I was like dude god I don't know if I can do that but like I really feel like god was like calling me to do that and stuff um so I did it, and it was actually really good, and I had a really good conversation with this person about, like, just so much stuff, and um, it really made it easier with, like, the help of God and, like, a loving community to support me through that and stuff. Um, I came to, like, a realization that it's kind of, like, unfair of me to, like, expect others to, like, open up with me and be vulnerable with me if I can't even do the same with them. It's, like, a key aspect of, like, growing deeper with people and, like, just like, having more meaningful relationships with others. Um, so, yeah, that was a big thing for me, and then... Um, yeah, even when we looked at the Gospels, we see Jesus, like, showing vulnerability and, like, emotions throughout that. Like, um, he's weeping during the death of Lazarus. He's weeping uh, over the city of Jerusalem. And we just see Jesus experience so many other emotions and stuff. And he's not, like, keeping those to himself or anything. He's, like, expressing those with, like, the people around him. And he's not really ashamed of those. So that's, like, a big encouragement for me. I'm um, just seeing how Jesus exemplifies that. Um, another big thing on this trip that God revealed to me was just how selfishly I was acting and how poorly I was loving the people on my team. And... When I went out there, I had, like, such a self-focused mindset at the beginning of, like, how I could bring change to Bosnia and, like, the lives of people in Bosnia. But I really lost focus on my team and, like, building my team up and, like, loving my team members and serving my team members. And, like, to be honest, I did, like, an awful job, of, like, loving others and stuff. And I was just really focused on, like, what I could do specifically for, like, missions and stuff. And, like, when I did focus on others, it was kind of, like, my only, like, my select few people that I kind of enjoyed being around and stuff and I would, like, hang out with. And never the ones that I had to, like, put more effort to or anything because, like, why would I want to do that? Put, like, effort into that. That's hard. <laughs> um, I really felt like God was calling me to grow in this area. Um, and I realized that when we were going through the book of Philippians as a uh, group out there. And in Philippians 2, 3 through, eight, 3 through 8, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but to the interests of others. Have the mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who those in the form of God did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a serpent, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And these are just huge verses for me. I was like going through this trip and stuff because I was like, 
dang. Like, it just, like, totally spoke to me, like, how terribly I'd been, like, serving others. Like, again, we see Jesus come down, and, like, he's literally just out here to be a servant for other people. And, like, I can't even do the same thing in my own life. And I'm like, man, what am I doing, you know? Um, and another verse that stuck out to me during that passage was uh, Philippians 2, 19 through 20. Uh, Paul is talking about sending Timothy to the church of Philippi, and he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. And it was just so interesting to me that, like, Paul literally says he has nobody like Timothy who's actually genuinely interested in the well-being of others. Like, that's what stuck out to Paul the most about Timothy was, like, his genuine interest and, like, care for, like, the well-being of others. And, like, not a single other person stuck out to Paul in that same manner. And I was just like, dang, how often am I, like, genuinely concerned for, like, the well-being of others around me? And I was like, I'm really not, you know? Like, I'm just concerned about myself and, like, what I'm doing out here and, like, how I can, like, take care of myself and stuff. Um, so, like, after just going through that, those verses, I was just, like, so humbled. I was like, dang, dude, I just, like, really need to, like, have a servant mindset and stuff. Um, it's, like, be more intentional with people. It's, like, love people better and stuff. Um, so, like, two people on the trip that I really just struggled to connect with just because, like, I don't know, they're just, like, stuff I didn't necessarily like about them. So I just really uh, stepped into this, like, trying to love those people better and stuff. And um, it actually turned out very well. They're actually very cool people once I got past, like, the things I didn't like about them and stuff. Um, so that was really good to see and see how that worked out. Um, so I remember after I, like, was intentional with those two people and kind of, like, learned how to love them better, I was like, all right, God, who do you want to be, like, intentional with next, you know? Because I was like, I don't know who to be intentional with next. It's like instantly he put like this girl Jillian like on my mind just like instantly I was like all right cool so I texted her and I was like hey Jillian you want to get like lunch or coffee tomorrow and Jillian's like a girl in my university at ASU and I've known her for a while but like we've never had anything past like surface level conversations or anything so like we knew each other but like not really that well so I remember we were talking and I was like actually trying to get to know her better um it's like actually being curious about her life and stuff and just talking to her and stuff and we're having a really good conversation like all of a sudden she goes like did Hannah tell you about anything? And I was like, what do you mean? Well, and Hannah's also our small group leader at this time, so we would tell Hannah about like stuff we were like going through and stuff. And she's like, well, I was talking to Hannah yesterday, and I was like, you know, I'm really having a hard time like connecting with Zach, and like, I don't really know like how to get through to him. Like, I just don't find him like, he's just kind of like, uh, sorry, I'm, uh, she was like, I just really can't get through to you, and like, I didn't know how to connect with you, and, um, I was gonna approach you eventually and like try to like figure out how to do this, but like I didn't know like how to approach you or anything, so I didn't really know what to do. And like now all of a sudden you're like approaching me and like trying to get to know me. So I was like, dude, Jillian, this is so cool because literally last night I was like laying in bed and I was like praying to God. I was like, God, who do you want me to be like intentional with? Like He put you on my mind instantly, and I was just like, that is so cool. Like to see like God just like just like move like that in my life. Like this girl was like, wow, how do I like connect with Zach? Like how do I approach him? Like what I what do I need to do? And then, like, all of a sudden, like, God tells me to do that. And it's just, like, it was such a cool experience for me uh, to experience God like that. Um, what's, like, kind of funny to me but cool is, like, once I realized, like, all the areas that like, God was, like, calling me to grow in in Bosnia, it's, like, loving others, being vulnerable, serving others, and, like, just humbling myself. That's when I really saw God, like, using me for, like, missions on the trip. Um, so that was really cool. There were, like, three Bosnian students that I connected with the most, uh, David, Anastasia, and Philip. They're all, like, amazing people. Um, David grew up in the Orthodox Church, but he kind of turned away when he found out about like two scandals where there were priests stealing money in the churches that he was in. Um, Anastasia kind of described herself as spiritual, but she wasn't really a fan of how the Orthodox Church functioned in Bosnia, just kind of with like the nominal believers and stuff, um, and people just living for Jesus on Sundays in church and stuff, uh, but having like no regard for their beliefs once they're outside of the church. And it was really cool because um, 
I was talking to Anastasia and like I got the opportunity to like share the gospel and talk about my own testimony with her and like how I came to Christ and <clears throat> I remember her saying like wow that is like so moving to me because she like never hears stories about people who are like actually trying to be like a better person in the church and like actually trying to like make other people's lives better and like share Jesus with each other to like improve other people's lives and stuff so I was just like a, such a cool experience I had um, out there and stuff and uh, the other guy, Philip, he grew up in the Orthodox Church in Bosnia, but he considered himself to be agnostic and stuff, and I was able to connect with all three of these people on a more personal level, and I was able to, like, talk to them about the gospel and my testimony and stuff, and I actually like God moving in those conversations, which is just so cool. Um, and, yeah, considering this, like, I know, like, ethnicity or their beliefs was more like an ethnic thing and stuff, so, like, they weren't really, like, jumping at me like saying like yeah I'm really interested in this I really want to like do this like right now you know but like um, I have faith that like even if they don't want to do this now like God's gonna like use that like what I said in the future even if it's like 10 20 30 years down the road like just because like you don't see like change happening now doesn't mean it's like not gonna have it uh, not gonna happen or anything um, and we might be we might be going to Bosnia next year too so that's like another big thing is like if I go back there like keep like building those relationships and stuff that'll be really cool and stuff um, yeah and now I'm going to be leading a Bible study with my friend Blake at InterVarsity at ASU. I'm super excited about this, see how like, God moves in the lives of the students at ASU and just uh, see how God's going to work in my life. And joining InterVarsity has been like one of the biggest blessings for me. Like finding a community like who loves Jesus and is like there for you to like support you and encourage you through like hard times, whether it's just in life or like through your relationship with Jesus is just like, it's like just like such a blessing and stuff. Like at the beginning, I was talking about, like, I was really, like, wanted, like, a community to, like, grow with others and grow with Jesus, and, like, God, like, definitely, like, provided that to me, so that's been really cool to see. Um, yeah, I just want to encourage you guys to, like, take that step of courage and boldness when you're driving to the game night, and you're like, dude, I don't want to go. <laughs> this is scary, um, because, like, if I had, if I'd, like, gone back that night and hadn't gone, like, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't have experienced God like this like I am now, and just, like, have this great community, um, yeah, so just, like, please be praying for me as I go through my Bible study. I'll be ministering to others and stuff, and I just ex exemplify Christ in my character as I go through my day. Um, and I just prioritize being faithful and obedient over, like, having success and stuff. So that is all. Thank you guys for listening.